0: Well, good morning. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're talking about the son of Ahab, which was Jehoram, Jehoshaphat, and then there's a third king in the story, as well as Elisha. So you have three kings and the prophet Elisha in the story. This is 2 Kings chapter 3. And I'm just going to explain a a little bit, and then I'm going to read a little bit. Basically, in this story, what has happened, Ahab has died. This is after Ahab has died. His son has taken over. And when that happened, the king of Moab rebelled against him. He was a vassal king to, to the king of Israel. When Ahab died, he rebelled. In verse uh, 4, it says, And he had delivered to the king of Israel a 100,000 lambs in the wool of hundred and the wool of a 100,000 rams. But when Ahab died, the king of Mobad rebelled against the king of Israel. So what happens is Jehoram, king of Israel, goes and he seeks out Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Now, if you remember from Chronicles, a lot of the story of Jehoshaphat is in Chronicles. You remember that Jehoshaphat, unfortunately, had a marriage alliance that he made with Ahab much earlier than this. This is after Ahab has already died. He made a marriage alliance. He married his son to Ahab's daughter. So when he goes to King Jehoshaphat and he asks for help, he says something very familiar. This is what he says. This is about, I'm not sure, about verse 7, I guess. And he says, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to battle against Moab? And he said, talking about Jehoshaphat, I will go. I am as you are. My people as your people. My horses as your horses. Then he said, by which way shall we march? Jehoram answered, by the way of the wilderness of Edom. And you can see this response is almost exactly what you find in Second Chronicles chapter 18, when Jehoshaphat is with Ahab. So you have a similar thing. He's doing the same thing because of the marriage alliance, the obligation he's made. He shouldn't have, but that he made. He says, I am as you are. I'll go up with you. I'm going to go up with you to war. But at the very beginning of this story, when this is going on, you don't see anywhere, anywhere with the king of Israel or with the godly king, Jehoshaphat, of them inquiring of the Lord. There's no inquiry at all. And if you keep reading this story, here's basically what happens. They go out, they actually collect the third king, the king of Edom, And they go out and they march for seven days. And guess what? They run out of water. (laughs) They don't have any water for their army. Really important, right? Their animals or anything like that. There's no water. Then the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord has called these three kings to give them into hand of Moab. What a foolish thing to say, but that's what he said. But Jehoshaphat answers differently. He says, Is there no prophet of the Lord here? Just like Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 18, right? With his father Ahab. Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we we may inquire of the Lord? So Jehoshaphat, the godly king, is the one that suggests that. Not from the beginning, but when they hit disaster, that's what he says. Then one of the servants of uh, the king of Israel answered, Elisha, the son of Shavat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. So what you have is you have three kings who did not, did not inquire of the Lord. But when disaster came and there's no water, they're out going to war, they have no water for their army or their animals, then all of a sudden they become very religious. Very religious. The king <laughs> the king of Israel starts talking about God, even though it's not positive. Jehoshaphat says, we need to inquire from a prophet. We need to hear from God. They become very religious once disaster strikes. See, this is a test of leadership. It's a test of character for these three kings. They did not inquire of the Lord before going out to war. Then disaster comes and they become very religious religious. They start talking about God and seeking out a prophet of God. So all three kings seek out the prophet. See, the prophet was already there, and the king of Israel probably knew that. He was already there. So then disaster strikes, and they seek out all three kings. What would you do if three kings sought you out? Well, you probably would not respond the way this prophet did. Three kings seek him out. Guess guess what he says. This is verse 13. Elijah said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. What does that mean? Yeah, those were the prophets of Baal, right? Those were the yes men of Ahab and the prophets of Jezebel, not God's prophets. But the king of Israel said to him, No, it is the Lord, again, he says this, who has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. And that was false. It's false. And Elijah said, and you can see his irritation from the beginning, What have I to do with you? Go to the other prophets. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I have regard for Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would neither look at you nor see you. Wow. This is how the prophet responds. Three kings seek him out and he basically says, what have I to do with you? Then he goes on to say, talking to the king of Israel, if were not for this other king, the king of Judah, I would not even look at you. He's talking to a king. See, when you're called by God, you have to have fortitude. See, this is a test of character for Elisha as well. It's a most definitely a test of character and a test of leadership for the kings, but also for the prophet. Three kings sought him out. What would you do if three kings sought you out? Would you respond the way Elisha did? Elisha was a man of God, a prophet of God. And he didn't want to have anything to do with the king of Israel because he was evil. But because of Jehoshaphat, the godly king, because of him, because of him. Verse 15. Now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him and he said, Thus says the Lord, I will make this dry stream bed full of pools. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind or rain, but that stream bed shall be filled with water. So that you shall drink you, your livestock and your animals. This is a light thing. This is a light thing in the sight of the Lord, this miracle. And he will also, he will also give the Moabites into your hand and you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall fell every good tree and stop up all all the springs, and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Wow, that is a mouthful. I'm going to read just a few more verses. In the next morning, about that time of the offering, offering the sacrifice, behold, water came from the direction of Edom till the country was filled with water. A miracle. When all the Moabites heard that the kings came up to fight against them, all were all that were able put on armor from the youngest to the oldest were called out and were drawn up to the border. And when they rose early in the morning and the sun shone on the water, the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red as blood. And they said, this is blood. The kings have surely fought together and struck one another down. Now then, Moab to the spoil. But when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose and struck the Moabites. And it continues on telling them the total destruction. Just like the prophet Elijah had prophesied, Elisha, sorry, had prophesied, that's exactly what happened. So God gives them the miracle of water. He also gives them victory over the Moabites, right? At the very end of the story, it seems like a partial victory, but we're not going to get into that. Um, basically what I want to talk about is this test of character that you have. The test of leadership, test of character that God lays before these three kings. From the very beginning, they do not inquire of the Lord. They just go about doing whatever they want. (laughs) Jehoram, the king of Israel, goes out to war. He collects Jehoshaphat, who has a marriage alliance with his house. They go out. They do not inquire of the Lord until until disaster strikes and they have no water. Then, oh my goodness, those two kings, they become very religious. One says something very negative using the name of the Lord and then Jehoshaphat says, let's inquire of the Lord, of the prophet. All the time the prophet is there. Then these three kings, they go out and seek out this prophet and what does he say? What do I have to do with you? And he tells the king, like I've already stated, if it were not for Jehoshaphat, I would neither look at you or see you. But he continues on and he prophesies. He calls a musician and he prophesies that they're going to have water in abundance and they're also going to defeat the Moabites and literally ruin the land. I mean, it's like utter destruction, ruin the land. So what can we learn from this story about the three kings and the prophet? God is often testing us to see where we're gonna go first, who we're gonna listen to. Do we inquire of the Lord first or are we just, just rush out and do what we think we need to do? See, the, the king was dealing with rebellion, right? So he was gonna need to do something But he did not inquire of the Lord, and neither did the king of Judah." That's a frightening thought. That was a godly king. Not at first. He did not do that at first. It's only when disaster came. See the test of character? See, that's not true faithfulness to God. Often when there's a crisis, people flood the church. Or go back to God. They start praying or doing all these things. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's a good thing. Sometimes that's a way for God to draw us to himself. Moving things around. He's drawing drawing us to himself. But you have to think. That's not the first place you go. You're really not being faithful to God. Because I'm pretty sure he's given us his best. Jesus Christ. He's given us his best. So we should give him Our best. And we should go to him first. He should be king of our life and our decisions. They do not go to him first. But after disaster strikes, they do. And only because of Jehoshaphat, only because of him, does the prophet prophesy. Because he was a good and godly king. Made some bad decisions, obviously. But he was a good and godly reforming king. And so, The prophet actually, different from 2 Chronicles 18, he prophesies victory. He prophesies a miracle and victory, which is exactly what happened. So again, it's a test of leadership, a test of character. How are we going to respond when there's rebellion in the land, so to speak, or when things don't go our way? People are coming against us, saying things about us. Things are not going well. We're not having great success. How are we gonna respond? Are we just gonna run out to war? Or are we gonna ask God what to do? The other thing that I would point out about this story is about Jehoshaphat, who is a good and godly king as the Bible tells us. When he says, if it were not for Jehoshaphat, that is a very important statement. You know, if Jehoshaphat hadn't been there, that would have been a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. But the thing is, when we look at, uh, you know, characters like Ahab, who was a very wicked king, and then his son Jehoram, who was not as bad, but still evil, according to the Bible, that's what it says, you know, we think we would never be like that. But think about it for a minute. Jehoshaphat really in the story is also a Christ figure. Because see, if it were not for Christ, If it were not for Christ, we wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't have the blessings that God gives us. And we would not have eternity with him. See, in this story, you have an evil king who's full of idolatry and selfishness. But he's beside a godly king. And you know what? When we know Jesus Christ, he is right in us and with us and right beside us we're not for Jesus Christ because of Jesus Christ we have salvation we have blessings we have hope no matter what happens in life we have hope because of who is beside us Jesus Christ this is why unlike the three kings in the story we go to God first because the truth is we're no better and the Ahabs or the Jehoram's of the Bible, these kings who didn't seek God first. We all do that at certain times. We're no better. We're full of sickness and sin and idolatry till God deals with it by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're no different. We're full of sin too. And if it were not for Jesus Christ standing beside us with his precious blood, We wouldn't get those blessings. We wouldn't get the wonders and the signs and the miracles and the restoration of salvation and an abundant life. Many of the blessings in this life are spiritual blessings. Not all of them, but many of them are. And I want to tell you, if it were not for Jesus Christ, if it were not for him, we would not have anything. So I ask you, I ask you, who are you going to inquire of first when things come against you? When things don't go well, who do you talk to first? You talk to Almighty God first. It's always a test, test of character. Who do you go to first? If we're not for Jesus, we wouldn't have anything. If we're not for Jesus, we wouldn't have salvation. If we're not for Jesus, we wouldn't have blessing and goodness and hope. Who is standing beside you, friend? Who is standing beside you? Look up to heaven, because Jesus Christ is right there, right there. If we were not for that King, if it we're not for that King, we have hope. We have restoration by the blood of Jesus Christ. So be encouraged today. And remember, inquire of God first. Inquire of God first. Because that king, the king of glory, is standing right beside you.